dive into the transformational landscape of organizational change with Dr. Madeline F. Wallace. In this episode of Latino Business Report, discover the power of the SEAM framework, achieving organizational transformation in four steps, as we explore the keys to successful change. In the new mainstream economy, Latinos are in the forefront of reshaping the American economic landscape. Join us as we navigate the dynamic backdrop of change, exploring how emerging industries empower Latinos to drive entrepreneurship, innovation, and communal prosperity. Don't miss this concise yet impactful conversation with Dr. Wallace. Tune in to unravel the intersection of the same framework and the new mainstream economy and gain practical insights for navigating organizational transformation. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome to another episode. Today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about business and business development. And with us, we have an expert in the field, Dr. Madeline Wallace. Dr. Wallace has her PhD in sociology and also focuses on demography and statistics. She is originally from Peru and is joining us here today. Madeline, how are you today? Great. Thank you very much for the invitation to be in your podcast. No, thank you for accepting. We really, really appreciate it. I think you have a lot to offer. I've actually been reading um, your book online, and congratulations on that. And before we actually dove into it, can you kind of give us an idea about your new book and what it's about? Oh, yes. I'm very excited. Um, We just learned on Friday that my book is a bestseller in the following categories for Amazon, women in business, organizational change, organizational behavior, starting a business, business development, and entrepreneurship. The name of the book. Congratulations. The bestseller in all those categories. Yes. Thank you. All right. Okay. Next time, if I ever, if we ever meet in person, I'll let you buy lunch. (laughs) (laughs) So the name of the book is The Same Framework, Achieving Organizational Transformation in Four Steps. And the four steps are the S. Okay. I'm sorry. SEAM, S-E-A-M. Yes, that's it. Okay. All right. So go ahead. So the S is for a snapshot. The E is for envision. The A is for act. And the M is for measure. Okay. And these are elements that you feel are necessary to be able to have a successful business or to scale up your business. So these are four steps that will help you to navigate and transform your business, especially okay. when we ca- when it has to do with technology or any other type of transformation. Okay. So, Madeline, let me ask you this. You, um, you're from Peru originally. Now, you grew up there or did you grew up here in the States? I grew up in Peru. I came to pursue my education, so I did my undergraduate and then my master and my Ph.D., and I'm from a little town. Um, it is called Moyendo. So, arriba los Moyendinos. And <laughs> it's a port. So, it, it was very relaxed growing up there. And, you know, the ocean and you had the beaches. 
and uh, it was a very festive environment. And then uh, we moved to Arequipa, and Arequipa is a colonial city called the White City because uh, we have what is called Sillar, that is a volcanic rock, and many houses are built of that. So it's also a very uh, beautiful city, um, but as I say, it's different than Moyendo um, because it's a colonial city, it's more conservative in the mountains. So I grew okay. up in those two environments. Okay, so you, um, you left Peru and came to the U.S. Where did you go to school at? I went to University of Tennessee in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, something interesting is that, why did I go there, right? Well, I was an exchange student in 83, 84, and I was in Dayton, Tennessee, a small town. So all my friends went to University of Tennessee, or the majority of them. So, you know, I wanted to go there too. Okay. And then you, uh, did you, that's where you got your undergraduate degree? No, I got my undergraduate degree at Lee College. It was called before Lee College. Now it's Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. Okay, super. Um, Your book, uh, I find it interesting. And once again, congratulations on the uh, bestseller list right now. But why did you write the book, Madeline? Excuse me. Why did you write the book, Dr. Wallace? (laughs) Well, the book is something very personal to me because... My parents had a vocational school in Moyendo. A vocational uh, school? Yes. So they trained uh, people for administrative assistants, uh, bookkeeping, typing, shorthand. That was their major business. And what happened is that my father and mother will go to Lima, the capital, and they will, you know, study and try to be always uh, with the latest technology, with the latest uh, advances in, in that. Um, and that's a long trip from Moyendo to Lima. Uh, you know, back then, it would be like 24 hours in, in a bus. Wow. And they did that. But guess what? They thought that by changing from typewriters to electric typewriters, typewriters that that was going to solve uh, you know, that, that was the, the advancement. That was the thing to do. But guess what? <laughs> the computers, computers. Right. That killed the business of my parents. So they have to close the business and we have to move to Arequipa. And that whole experience, you know, from being owners of a business, then they had to transition to work for somebody else. And also for us, because, you know, I had two sisters. So the three of us were in Arequipa. It was a different culture, as I said earlier. And it's just everything changed. So that resonated in my mind uh, all these years. I've always been thinking about that. So I opened my business after working for the federal government and also for large companies. And, you know, one of my clients are the small businesses. Mm-hmm. And also based uh, when, I, when a small business come to my a firm, Winrose Vision, they always say, oh, I want to increase my sales. Um, you know, they, they want that. But, you know, uh, their frustration now with the new technologies, I, I, I can help it, but I think about my parents, that they also have, you know, all those, um, all those questions. Uh, how incorporate technology, especially now that everything is changing? Because what happened with my parents is that even if they wanted to do something, Guess what happened? They didn't have the capital, but also the government started offering free classes in computers. So you see, mm. there were a lot of things going on. It kind of, yeah, okay. 
Why, yeah. why, why pay to go to your parents' school, which is a business itself, is when the government's going to... Okay, got it. Yes. So the small businesses have a lot of issues, and I can identify with them and look at it from different angles based on my experience working for different uh, settings. Okay. So this was one of the things that motivated you to write the book. So with that said, what, what, is, what is the book about, or shall I say, what is the overall goal of the book? What will the reader gain once they finish reading your book? Oh, my God. They will be successful. <laughs> they, will, <laughs> they will successfully transform their business. Okay. So, you know, I'm a researcher. And after talking to my clients and to friends and small business owners and based on my experience, what I saw was that people need a, or businesses or business owners, entrepreneurs, they need a structured approach for decision making. And what the framework does, it gives you the structure so that, for example, in each of the steps, like in the first one, you're going to assess your current situation. And then at the end of it, you're going to be ready to say, okay, now that I know what I have, what can I do next? And in the second step, you go ahead and say, you're going to envision based on what you find out in the first step. And then okay. from once you envision the future, and then you go to the third step. That it is the act. And the act starts with a plan. You know, it's very interesting because planning is, how will I say this? To me, the most important one thing is planning because if you do not plan, how are you going to know where you started? Or how do you know, how are you going to measure the progress for the future? So, and it has to be written. So if you look into uh, the famous people, the famous businesses, most of, I mean, I would say the majority of them, um, I would, well, yeah, I would say all of them, they did have to have a plan. Okay. And, and that is something that we tend to forget. But actually, the plan is what I call it an action plan, not a word plan. That means that an action plan, you really go into the specifics. Who is doing what, when is going to be, uh, what is going to be done. And it's also based on research. So you develop your different strategies based on research. And then finally, you, do, you need to have indicators, indicators for how you're going to accomplish your goals. You may say, hey, this looks like everybody's doing. No, really. You need to have a structure. And in the different steps, we show you how to do that. And we have a character, a character that is based on real people, real business owner, that actually using her experience, what she, what she goes through, you know, the reader can identify and then go through the different steps. Okay. So basically what I'm hearing you say is that to be successful in business, you need to have a a process, a step-by-step process with measurables, with goals, with a plan, and writing it down as opposed to a lot of people who just go, well, this looks like a good idea. I think we ought to do this. I mean, there's a lot to be said for the entrepreneurial spirit and gut feeling, but without a system in, well, I'm not saying without, with a system in place, that should probably increase your success ratio as opposed to just going by the seat of your pants. That's right. And in the book, we have Mora. Mora is the main character. And Mora has a bakery. She makes bread. And it's artisanal bread. So she has no automated her processes. And then she has to make a decision and say, what I'm going to do, right? Because everything changes, shortage of people, you know, high prices. What are you going to do? So 
basically we walk her through the steps so that she can identify where to automate, where to introduce new technology so that she can address all her barriers and she can increase her productivity. But she does it based on the needs of her business. And I think that's the missing piece. We tend to go ahead and follow what everybody's doing, but we do not locate exactly how that fits into our own processes, into our own business. So right now, everybody's doing, you know, like a generative AI. You want to buy all this um, technology. And, but have you thought about how it's going to specifically help you and in what part of your processes is going to work and it's going to give you the best benefit, the best profit. It's going to increase the productivity, the efficiency. So I think that's what we're missing. And my book does that. My book shows you how to do it through a character called Mora. Okay. So like everybody's doing podcasts right now, when I finish your book, my podcast ought to get better? That's right. Hey, you know why? <laughs> yeah, because at, actually I use how to do a podcast and I follow the steps all that. And it is on chapter, I believe it's on chapter two, where it tells you uh, how to do a podcast. But I use it to illustrate all the thought process that should be taking place before you just go ahead and say, hey, so you I'm going to do a podcast. So you actually talk about a podcast in your book? Yes. Well, I'll be darned. Okay. I haven't got to that chapter yet. We'll definitely look at that. Um, let me ask you this, Madeline. As there's a lot of business, a lot of Latino-owned business, well, just businesses in general that are upstart. And with technology advancing so quick, what kind of challenges do small businesses have in that transition or being able to embrace that technology for their benefit? Um, the way I see it is that is the lack of knowledge or limited knowledge of their current infrastructure in terms of, like, they need to find out first how to assess their current technological state. And, and that means that um, they really need to sit down and assess what they have and how is it working. And then once they have the information, they can go ahead and say, okay, let's see if I use this technology, how it's going to help me. So we tend to buy software, but guess what happened? Ask anybody and how are they using, or they're using all these, all the uh, features, all the functions. Mm -hmm. And most likely, most people do not. And it's the same right. with businesses because it involves a lot of training of the staff, but also it involves uh, having commitment to use the different areas and then what if that software may be good for a large business or for this type of business but it's not used for what you are doing so i think that you people need to go ahead and start assessing what they currently have and then identify if they are currently using what they offer then to identify what does the current technology doesn't have and then start thinking okay if i incorporate new technology besides my increase in sales, how is going to help my processes? You see what I mean? We have mm -hmm. to see the linkage between, you know, sales, uh, social media, my actual product. And, and maybe, maybe you do not need, like case of Mora. Mora wanted to have more clients. So she thought, hey, everybody is trying to be healthy. I'm just going to go ahead and start selling bread to the people. 
and actually more of my character in my book, she sells bread to restaurants and to uh, grocery stores. So why was she going to change completely just because she thinks that people are going, you know, taking choices and eating healthier and change for consumers when she business is business to business. So she needs to go ahead and analyze what she has and then say how the technology is going to help her to be able to, to produce, you know, the breast so that she can, you know, uh, increase and scale. So you see what I mean? I think that's one, right. one big issue. And so, the, and your book kind of outlines these step-by-step processes that people can apply to their own business. Yes. And the other one is the, um, about money. Everybody says, well, I don't have the budget, right? I don't have the, um, I don't have the resources, the cost. So there is something to consider. And it's that if you really want to grow and you want to scale, you do have to invest. So there is something like, for example, in Peru, um, you know, I, I go every year to visit my family. And what I notice is that if there were hotels that there were five years ago and I go to see them today, they look pretty five years ago, but today they don't. Why? There hasn't been an investment in the hotel. So that is the key of growing and scaling. You do have to go ahead and invest and see where should you invest sure. uh, to reach your goals? Now, it doesn't mean that everybody does that in Peru. I just, I just give you an example about right, right, right. We're so, so one of those hotels, brand new hotel, looks nice, but then five years later, if you haven't replaced the carpet, given it a new paint job, replaced yes. some of the features, upgraded to Wi-Fi. I mean, okay, I get it. So, it's that investment into your own business that's necessary for it to be successful and to maintain and to yes. grow. And to grow, yes. And also to be realistic whether or not you can scale or not. Because there are certain businesses that they may not be able to scale up. You may not be able to have it all over the United States, while mm-hmm. others as easy. Uh, so I think the issue here is that you do have to have your procedures, your processes. They have to be very clear. You know, nowadays everybody talks about the cultural change. You change the culture. Well, I say first, what procedures, processes um, do you have currently for what your staff uh, does? Like, uh, because we cannot, okay, if we want to change the culture first, you need to go ahead and see what you currently have and in terms of processes, procedures, because maybe the reason why people are not happy is because every day, <laughs> you know, they don't have that. Um, step one is, is to do this. Step two is to do th- three or people just forgot. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I'm, not only that, but they have to, they have to have the, not forget them, but the discipline, the discipline to apply those. I mean, I kind of right. look at, I kind of look at your character, uh, Mora and then the whole, the whole thing for a small business. I mean, you can get the software, you, you can buy whatever necessary, but unless you know how to use it and do it regularly, it's kind of like joining a gym. Just because I go join a gym doesn't mean I'm automatically going to get healthy and lose weight. I mean, That's you right. got to go to the gym. You got to work out. You got to find a, maybe a, a trainer and go through the process. So you're basically saying the same thing in business with the technology, technological advances. And if you end up getting new programs, new software, learn how to use them and you know get some training on them and apply them and be consistent with that application for there to be a change. That's right. And something that it is uh, very important is that, again, 
They have to be written. If it's not written, it doesn't exist. I know um, restaurant owners that they don't have the recipes written down. If something happens to them, you know, what's going to happen to the whole family? And the right. same is for any type of process. Now, the processes are not meant to be static. Actually, you put the process, you then you have to check, you have to monitor. So that's another part that we forget. We forget to monitor. And the monitor means that you're going to go ahead and check if this is still working, if this actually is uh, being efficient or being productive. And then it's when you start revising the procedures. But you do everything based on data. And I think that's another thing, data. Many people want to buy these soft, sophisticated softwares to get feedback from the um, from the uh, customers. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But you need to think about, okay, once you get the data, who is going to analyze it? How is it going to be analyzed? And remember, garbage in, garbage out. So again, you have to have an infrastructure. So you have zero infrastructure, then you cannot just go to the fancy stuff immediately. And also you need a lot of data to be able to, because that's what it is, generative um, artificial intelligence. So you have to have data to be able to do modeling. So if you are at the very beginning, you have to be realistic. And I think sometimes we forget about this. But again, I love the entrepreneurial spirit because, I mean, think about it. We wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the entrepreneurial spirit that you have and I have. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. No, it, it makes it makes perfect sense. But as you're gathering that data, you got to be smart enough to know how to analyze it and how to apply it. Because, I mean, I've always looked at statistics and data as one of those things you can make them do or say almost anything you want to. So it's just being able to, to go through the layers and understanding how that data applies specifically to your business and what you need to do to make adjustments in your business. I would assume. I'm just I'm just talking here. Well, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a statistician. I use a lot of statistics. So I think what happened is that nowadays it's very popular to use um, storytelling. And storytelling is wonderful. You, in my book, I use a story to illustrate the steps. What happened is that when you have two or three stories, those three stories, if you really want to base uh, whatever you want to do, based on three or four stories, well, you have to make sure that they represent your target audience. Mm -hmm. So I think data, if it is curated, good data can give you excellent results. So, and you have to combine the qualitative data with the quantitative data. You have to combine the stories with also other types of data. And then that gives you a strong, uh, a, a strong justification for whatever you want to do. And I think for the statistics, I'm glad you brought it up because sometimes the data that are collected are so small that you cannot find what is called a statistical significance. Okay. So again, guess what happened? What question are you trying to answer? So to me, it all goes back to the question you're trying to answer. So we tend to ask the wrong questions. And when we ask the wrong questions, we collect the wrong data and we analyze the wrong data. So... Asking the right question, for example, people want to know this uh, customer satisfaction. Everybody has something about customer satisfaction, right? Mm -hmm. But when somebody tells you, uh, how do you rate the service? And it gives you a scale from zero to 10. Okay, so you, you give that. And my point is that, first of all, you need to be specific. 
if you really want to improve something, you need to be specific about what part of the customer service and in what moment, in what part of your process. So the point is like, you have to ask for the right question. If you want to really improve your service, you need to see, okay, these are the areas that I need to go ahead and learn what is going on. Now, if you plan not to do anything about, you just want for PR, I will advise don't collect the data because data is important and I want people to uh, to forget about the importance of the data. So, so yeah, but we need to ask uh, questions like, very specific in order for us to improve what we want to improve in terms of processes. Well, wouldn't it be by the same token that if you're asking those specific questions and you get positive feedback to take that into consideration and keep doing or just reinforce and keep doing the thing that makes the customer happy? Because it all goes back how you phrase the question. Many of the questions are leading. So, okay. so you have to do it in a neutral that allows for negative and positive feedback. And then what we know about social media is that it tends to go to the streams, a lot of negatives, a lot of positives. So you also need to take care. Uh, you need to think about that. And it, may, it is no representative of the population. So you see, so there are other issues. So that's why you have to say, why do I need this data for? And, and make it in a, uh, in a way that is not leading the respondent to answer in a favorable way or in a negative way. Okay. Now, in your in your book, um, your um, bestseller, your Amazon bestseller, did we mention that? <laughs> in, your, in your in your Amazon bestselling book, do you have um, questions that a that a business owner or somebody could could ask themselves, or do you have a list of of uh, in the outline? What how can somebody just extract useful information from your book immediately and put it to, put it into uh, into play? Okay, so since we have four steps, the snapshot, the envision, the act, and the, excuse me, and the um, major, we have questions to guide the reader how to answer. And also we have templates. So the reader can go ahead and download those templates and they can apply what they read in the book, they can apply to their own business. So it's, it's actually not only just a book, but it's also a, a workbook. And it has, it's, it's very, I will call it uh, action oriented. Because I feel that many times we just, we have these brilliant ideas, but we don't go into action. My book is a call to action. It's like, okay, this is the first step. Hey, these are the questions. And then you answer the questions. And then, hey, let's go to the second step. What did we learn from the first one? Ah, and then you have the template. You can download the template and start, I will call it playing with it. So it's very interactive. And then uh, it's realistic because it's based on real examples. So that's another component. It's, it's not just theory. Many people write books, and I'm glad that people are writing books. But many times people write, like when I'm in academia, you know, many times um, consultants are in academia, but they may not have the actual experience of running a business. Mm -hmm. Like in my case, yes, I have oh. a business. I being, yeah. you know, I know the struggles. I know the issues. So I can incorporate both and say, this works. And it's very important to always check what is your source. It's so much going on, but the book also tells you, okay, the book is going to help you when you need to get an expert to help you to continue. You see, nowadays you can hire anybody and tell you, I can help you in your transformation. But what if the book also helps you to say, hey, 
you will need this consultant because of this very specific expertise. So you see what I mean? You're saving money. Definitely, you're saving money. Because sure. now you're not going to just pay, I don't know, whatever amount of money for one person. But now you're going to know, hey, I can spend my money on this, on this, and this. So the book helps you to identify you know, the best consultant for, or if you want to hire a consultant for a specific expertise. In your business, in um, Winrose Vision, I mean, you are an expert. You have some great clients. Can you tell me a little bit about your your client list and what you do for them? Okay, so my clients are the federal government. I'll do a lot of work for the National Science Foundation, the National Institute of Health, HRSA, and then I also have uh, clients that are business owners, a small business, a large business, academia or universities, and nonprofits. So uh, my framework, the same framework, is based on my experience working with a variety of clients from different sectors. This is why the framework is applicable to any type of business. If you have a bakery or if you have, if you're an accountant and you have, uh, you offer professional services, because those steps are based on, on best practices and experience. So what I do with my clients, I help them to, develop the strategy, but the way I do it is by assessing the effectiveness of what I currently do. So um, I give them the, the tools so that they can also are able to, that after we finish with me, they can do it themselves. So that makes it very unique about Winrose. Okay. And, and that we actually, we give you the tools so that you can go ahead and monitor your progress of what we have done uh, in a very effective way, because remember, in the bottom, I'm, I, I'm the kind of person from academia, I'm the kind of person like my parents to teach others. So that's what I created the book. I'm, I wrote the book because um, I never thought, oh, I'm going to become famous or anything like that. Those who know me know that, you know, I, I like to provide, uh, I, I'm a thinker and, and, and I like to provide ideas, strategies, and yeah. So, so that's what I learned a lot about the problems of people because they were coming and asking me questions. So that, and, and I think that's important for me. It's not just my job or, you know, it's something that I wanted to do and I wanted to have the freedom of, of sharing my expertise and, and, and I'm fine with that. Okay. Super. Now, um, I'm going to start wrapping it up here. This is the Latino Business Report, and we've been talking about business. But is there anything you do or anything um, that would be helpful specifically to Latino-owned businesses out there? Yes. I do a variety of things nowadays. Um, so right now, I, I volunteer. I'm a mentor for young Latinos uh, who want to start their business or they have, um, or they already have something in place, but they need to have some structure. So I help them with that. Okay. How about us? Um, how about us? How about us old Latinos who might want to start a new business? Oh, of, of course, the, the, the same thing. Okay. So for the all Latinos, it's, it's different. For the all Latinos, it's basically about if you still have the passion for what you're doing. Ah, okay. Because that's very important. Is the passion and 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 then we go from there. And of course, I'm, I'm very involved in Conectado. That is a platform, uh, Web3, uh, founded by Guillermo Diaz. And um, it is basically to provide uh, education for, it's informal education for, for Latinos. And, uh, and uh, to me, this is the future. We need to provide the tools and resources uh, to our community so that we can embrace 
uh, the digital the digital era. Okay. So do you see a lot of potential in the Latino business community? I do. Um, I think this is this is our time. I really believe that this is our time, and we better take advantage of this opportunity. I came to the United States in the eighties, and I remember that it was. Uh, I mean, where I was, I very, there were very few Latinos role models, uh, but you know, so I had to create my own opportunities. I have to, you know, just just do a lot of things on my own and rely on my resources, but uh, it was a lot about based on me creating my opportunities. So I believe today all the Latinos are being open to help other Latinos and also their opportunities at a different levels in the federal government, small business, large companies. So I encourage everybody to go and look. And it all starts by, hey, buy my book. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, so, okay, you know. there you go. It doesn't. I mean, you don't make a sale unless you ask. So let's talk about that. Where where can people find your book? I mean, is it in is it just digital or is it also in hardback or paperback? Yes, we have it a hardcover and paperback and electronic, and it is a um, it is in Amazon, and also you can go to my website, madelainewallace.com, and from there you can click to go to Amazon. Okay, and what's the um, what's the book retail for? So for the electronic, it is $9.99. For the uh, hardcover, it is... Uh, oh, I want to thank all my friends that they, Latinos, that they actually say, hey, Madeline, we're going to support you. Um, we're going to go ahead and buy the uh, hardcover. So you see, we are helping each other nowadays. So I think it's wonderful. Um, so And then we have the hardcover that is for $29. I'm checking now, sorry. The twenty nine ninety nine, the hardcover, and the paperback twenty five ninety nine. Okay. Um, so we got the nine dollar, the twenty nine dollar. Okay, that's great. You got a good version in there. Everybody likes. I like. I like books. I mean, online books are fine, but I prefer a book that I can stick under my arm, read on a train, read on an airplane. So um, definitely, um, everybody's different. So you do have the variety. And congratulations again for best seller in four different categories. Four different categories, correct? With Amazon. Yes, thank you. That's yes. good, Madeline. Uh, <clears throat> well, I've been called, I've been very familiar with me. I apologize for that Doctor Wallace. Thank you very much. Oh, no problem. Thank you very much for joining us today. Is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with before we go? I think that after you listen to this pod- podcast, you need to identify. And you need to go ahead and write it down. What will you do different about your business just by listening this podcast? What will you do different? It could be from going to, I don't know, um, going to the bookstore, go to Google, find out about uh, dieta transformation or how to set up processes or check if I ha- if you have processes in place, if they are written down. So see, what would you do different just by listening to the podcast? And I think it's the beginning or a bright future. And you have to take this step. You have to take action. You have to move forward doing something. Good point. And I guess one of those, one of those steps, you said you need to do something. You can also go back and listen to other key episodes of the Latino Business Report to find out more information from other business experts such as you of what you're going to do to improve your business. So, Madeline, thank you so very much for joining us. I'm excited to finish uh, your book, especially that chapter about podcasts. I'm sure I can learn something. It's a learning process. 
no matter how long you've been doing it, how old you are, there's always, always the opportunity to learn. Thank you very much for having me here. You're welcome. Um, you've been listening to the Latino Business Report. I'm your host, J.R. Gonzalez. You can find our complete library of work at latinobusinessreport.com. We also come by the same name. You can find us on YouTube. If you like what you hear, give us a like, give us a star, do whatever you need to do. And also on our website, latinobusinessreport.com, you can go to it and there's a way to communicate with me directly. I'm very interested in what you have to say, um, feedback, and if you have any ideas for good podcasts in the future, just let us know. All right, guys. Till next time.